0: All right, folks, for episode one of the Hockey News on the E podcast, we're pleased to be joined by 15th overall pick by Detroit in the 2021 draft, one of the highest picks in the ECHL right now, and that is goaltender Sebastian Cosa. Sebastian, how are we doing?
1: Good. How are you doing? Nice to having me on. Absolutely. We're
0: doing pretty well. Justin, how about you? Are you doing okay? I'm,
1: I'm just doing speaking. great. Doing great.
0: Awesome. So, Sebastian, tell me, I mean, what's the longest bus ride you've been on so far? What, what, what uh, are we talking about?
1: It hasn't been too bad. I think uh, wheeling so far as we've went so far, which is about only four and a half. So it's, oh, it's wow. not too bad. Yeah, not too bad, especially coming from the Western League. We've had some uh, we had some long ones there too.
0: Yeah, so what was the travel like roughly in the WHL for road trips? Like, the, like what was like the high end versus the low end
1: for, uh, for we'll hours? Play- yeah, we played Winnipeg in, uh, in the third round there, and that was a good 14-hour drive. So that wow. was, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a long one. But in um, Edmonton, it wasn't too bad. I think, you know, about five or six hours, probably average uh, playing in division. So
0: tell me, what's li- for people that don't really know, like, what's life in the ECHL like in terms of off the ice? Obviously, you know, you're 20, I assume, one of the youngest on your team. Um, I know that there's, like, are you living with a couple guys on the team, like the housing complex? Like, what's life like for you, you know, away from the rink right
1: now, me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely the youngest guy on the team, I think, by three years. Um, but yeah, we, we got an older team here um, right now. Yeah, we're all living in uh, in these condos together as a as a team. Um, each guy has their own room. And, and fortunately for me, I got a I got a double room here. And, and my girlfriend's down here as well. So, um, yeah, just we're here uh, settled in now and it's been good.
2: So, uh, Sebastian, uh, I'll throw some stats out at you are uh, four six and one 2.98 goals against 898 save percentage so just starting off but what's the experience been like as you transition from juniors to the pros as a goaltender I mean has that
1: transition been difficult for you um yeah I mean I, have, I think I've taken stride obviously and the the numbers definitely don't don't look too good um, but you know as as uh, if you look at the games you know there's there's a lot of odd man uh, you know a lot of chances and you um, you know, I I feel like I'm playing pretty good right now. I'm trying to give my team a chance to win. And, and, you know, that's what I'm trying to do at the end of the day, just win games. So, um, you know, the biggest stat right there is the the four, six, and one, which, uh, you know, got a lot of games coming up and going to try and turn that around. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think, you know, just going into pro hockey, obviously, it's faster, you know, the guys have harder shots, better shots and, and, you know, just a little bit more IQ. They're bigger guys, bigger bodies too in front of that screening. So, um, you know, I think just keeping on and, you know, you know, taking it day by day and and just trying to develop and and play as many games as I can.
2: Uh, You played 11 of Toledo's first 13 games. I mean, that's really throwing a a 20-year-old into the fire. What's that been like for you, just playing so
1: many games so early in your career? Yeah, it's been great. I think, you know, just playing night in, night out, um, you know, getting as many game touches as I can, I think, is a big thing for me right now, especially for my development. Um, So, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully keep going that path.
0: You know, the Red Wings have trusted Toledo to develop some of the past goalie prospects, you know, Peter Mrazik, Jared Coro, Thomas O'Collum, and Caden Fulcher. Does that give you a level of comfort, you know, knowing that the Red Wings have embraced, you know, the route of getting guys through their double-A affiliates?
1: Um... Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, it's a really good setup down here in Toledo, and it's about 45 minutes from Detroit. So um, our good development coach flows here every day, um, training with me on the ice and practice. And, you know, we do a goalie skate before as well. So, you know, it's nice that it's really close to, to Detroit. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's one of the best places to play in the ECHL as well with the, with the building and the fans we got here.
0: So heading into the year, did you have an idea this was a possibility uh, of going, you know, through the E route? Was that communicated?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, going into the year, I, I didn't really know. Um, just coming to camp, and and I was trying to play pro hockey. I mean, I still still for have sure. junior eligibility right now, so um, you know, I think the biggest goal for me was just to to get here and, and you know, try and show my game as well as I could and show that I can that I'm ready for pro hockey. And um, you know, obviously I I did enough where or uh, I'm here for the year. Uh,
2: you know, there's a lot of talk in Detroit about you know making sure that they're real patient with uh, with prospects like you. And uh, you know, as a player who I'm sure is eager to to move up and, and and get to the NHL quickly. I mean, what's that like for you? I mean, you know, the organization is trying to balance, you know, patience and not moving you too quickly, but also as a player, you know, you want to get to the highest level. I mean, what's that like for you as you balance
1: those two different things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you you take it day by day. Um, You know, i say I have aspirations, big aspirations, and I want to get there as, you know, as quick as I can, but also know that it's a, it's a long path. Um, You know, it's, it's a lot of hard work that goes into that, and um, you know, for me, I'm just trying to take it day by day. You know, I'm still still just 20 years old, so um, you know, I, I have some time. But um, you know, obviously, yeah, like I said, trying to get there as fast as I can. So you know, just trying to take it day by day, keep developing, and um, you know, at the end of the day, just just got to stop the puck. So um, you know, just trying to keep getting better at that.
2: Steve, sorry, Steve Eiserman's uh, obviously running things in Detroit, and we know that he's got an eye for goaltender talents. I mean, we only need to look at Andre Vasilevsky to see that, and he made some moves to get you in the draft. I mean, that must give you an, a real excitement level, knowing that somebody who has achieved so much saw
1: so much in you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Obviously a, a confidence booster, and, um, you know, especially that draft year was uh, was a pretty crazy one there during COVID. So, um, you know, just for me, I was lucky enough to get 20 games under my belt in the in the WHL there, and, um, you know, showed what I had there in the draft year, and, you know, I thought I, thought I impressed, and, um, you know, obviously, yeah, just getting, getting taken that high, obviously, it just, uh, you know, obviously, I want to want to continue to prove that I should have been there, and um, obviously, it just starts with my work ethic.
0: How often do you talk with Detroit, you know, through this? Obviously, there's development staff in the NHL. There's constant dialogue with prospects. Being the ECHL doesn't mean you're kind of on an island, you know, these days or anything. It's an extension of the development program. How often are, are you in contact with Detroit?
1: Uh, every day, uh, yeah. Like okay. I like I said earlier, um, Phil is there, who's the the head of the goaltending development um, thing in uh, in Detroit. He's um, down here every day practicing with me, so I'm um, on wow. the ice a lot. Yeah, it's really good. And then all three goaltending coaches are are uh, you know really tight and they communicate as well. Uh, including Phil there with uh, Alex Wessling and, and Brian Mahoney Wilson in uh, Grand Rapids. So those three I've been working with in, in the summer and early in the season here, and um, you know we've we've had a good path so far.
2: Uh, you obviously, uh, you know, had a lot of success in juniors. Uh, had the Western Hockey League title with Edmonton. Played in the World Juniors. How much does that experience in those, you know, high-pressure uh, situations help you as you, you know, ascend to the pro ranks here?
1: yeah i mean i think you know i played a lot of hockey last year and, and it was good going deep into a into a playoff run um that was my first playoff run really in, in junior hockey since the the past two were cut were short by COVID. so um you know just playing a lot of games and, and obviously at that that high intense level of playoff games um you know it was really good for my development i think and um you know just continuing continuing to to work on that obviously going into my hopefully this year we, we make playoffs here and um you know going into my first playoffs years here with uh, as a pro um, you know, just kind of take it step by step and, and use what I've what I've kind of gained before.
0: Sebastian, what's been the biggest eye opener for you off the ice in terms of life as as a pro hockey player?
1: Um, you know, I think here in Toledo, you know, the guys have been really good, but you know, I think it's in pro it's it's definitely less of a, of a team aspect, kind of. Um, you know, in, in pro, you're obviously. Um, expected to to do it all um you know when you're gone from the rink you you take care of yourself you're going home to your own house obviously no more billets um you know there's right. no bill coordinators no no schooling cons- uh, counselors so you know that kind of help is is out of the way and you're kind of just forced to do it on your own but i mean obviously just growing up and, and now man you you got to kind of take care of those anyways for sure you, you uh you touched on
2: it a little bit the, the toledo walleyes record um, you know, it's a little bit uncharacteristic for them. They went to the finals last year, uh, one of the ECHL's most successful teams. And it's still very early, of course. But, um, you know, just what's it been like? What's the mood like uh, with the team getting off to a bit of an unexpected start? And, of course, you're in
1: net. Um,
2: you know, just what's the mood been like? And, and what do you guys need to do to kind of turn that around?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're just taking it day by day. We have a, we have a good uh, attitude here. And, um, you know, I think the past week of proxies has been good. And, um, you know, we're just kind of trying to build it day by day. So, we've got a big three and three this weekend, and kind of just take it game by game and, and try and, you know, be better each game. Um, and I think we just do that throughout the whole season. You know, I think the guys, the, the lines are uh, combining a bit, a bit better now. And, um, you know, I think just overall, uh, you know, guys just gelling a little bit better as the season goes on. It's obviously an incredible fan base.
2: You know, uh, they sell out almost every night. That building is always rocking. Um, I mean, are you feeling any pressure though? You know, I mean, with the fans, are, are they getting on you guys at all at this point yet?
1: Uh, I mean, you, you obviously try and tend to stay away from that thing. Uh, obviously, when we're not doing good, but yeah, definitely, like you said, you know, one of the best fan bases in the league for sure, um, if not the best. Um, I think three out of the five games we played this year have been sold out already, and, and one was a. Uh, it was a school game when, which they didn't even sell tickets to. So, um, you know, it's, it's been really good um, and yeah, hopefully continue to, to do better for them and, and win some more games at home to keep them happy.
2: I got to ask you about those school games. Like I know when I go cover one of those, it's not a bad idea to bring some earplugs because there's just so much noise. What's it like when you're at ice level for that? I mean, is there a different vibe for those games than the typical games?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's at 1030. So you're, you're waking up and, and, you know, eating, eating pasta for, for breakfast or, you know, some Chipotle or something, you know, try and get some carbohydrates in you in the morning, which is tough, but I mean, yeah. And then you go there early and, and yeah, it's definitely loud. Um, you know, sometimes just out of nowhere, if we're on the power play, maybe it's a home game and just screaming and starts happening. So definitely uh, I could use some earmuffs as well, but um, obviously they're fun. That, the atmosphere is really great in there and, you know, the kids bring good energy. So it's fun to play. It.
2: Well, and, and, you always wonder whether players are going to be more or less apt to fight or do the physical (laughs) things in games like that. Because, you know, it's like education day. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're supposed to be role models here. And then you guys see guys dropping the gloves and and all that stuff. Does that ever get talked about or anything? Or is it just like it's just a, a typical game and we're going to do what we're going to do?
1: Uh, I think it's just a typical, typical game, but uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really heard much. You know, I'm a boy I just got to stop. I just got to go out there and stop the puck. So my job doesn't change. But um, you know, I, I haven't really uh, heard what the other guys are saying around there. I think it's it might be too early in the morning to fight, though. We'll see. <laughs> I'll have to see. Um, so, you know, I want to ask you. I've seen
2: you played a couple times this year, and I, I noticed you you get a little you get a little fiery out there. Uh, I saw you play just the other day and I think it was Josh Winquist to kind of flick the the puck into the net while you were on the ice and you kind of got up in his face a little bit. Um, I mean, is that something that's part of your game? Just having a little bit of a, a fiery demeanor out there? Is that something that's, that's difficult with you?
1: I mean, not really, but I'm <laughs> definitely not, not trying to get pushed around. And I mean, yeah, I got, I got a little run over there and, um, then yeah, I'm on my stomach and a guy puts the puck in the net. Obviously, that's not not okay. So, you know, obviously I was getting a little upset about that. And um, you know, just just trying to protect myself really. Um, not trying to get pushed around. Sure. Um, you know, I also noticed um, you know,
2: one thing that I really liked about your game that I've seen so far is just, you know, you seem to really see the puck really well through traffic, you know, uh, at any level, but especially the E they um you know a a big part of it is getting guys to to screen the goalies and you seem to be doing a really good job with that um is that something that's important to you and is there anything that you're really trying to work on with your game this season
1: um yeah yeah for sure that's a huge part especially yeah i think uh you know every team we've played and especially in our division you know they they go low to high a lot and you know a lot of bodies are going to the net so obviously that's a big part of the game and I'm just trying to use my size to my full ability there. Um, Sometimes, you know, lucky enough to just look over guys and and be able to track pucks there, um, which is nice for sure. And I think, you know, just as the year goes on, uh, you know, just trying to be a little bit more calm in my net. Um, Obviously, continue to work on my skating and, and, uh, you know, just trying to make myself as big as I can be in the net at all times.
2: I got to ask you one thing. I don't know if this is true. So I heard that you're a big Detroit Lions fan. Is that true? Yeah. Like, but before you were a Red Wing, you were a Lions fan? Is that, is that right? Um,
1: a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, used to be way back when I was a young kid, I, I was a Seattle fan, um, with, uh, Sherman and, and those guys, uh, not, I guess, not that long ago, but when I was pretty young, um, I like Seattle, and then I kind of, kind of started liking the Lions. So you know, I like the underdog story. And then when I got drafted by Detroit, it was, it was full go. And there's a couple guys here around my age that uh, that like the Lions as well. So when I came here this year, it's, it's taken off for sure. I was
2: just gonna say I'm from Michigan, so I have an excuse, and I was just, yeah. you know, you you don't have one. You you know exactly have chosen yeah. this. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Canadian. You don't really have a team. You uh, you could go to the closest team, but I think uh, I was actually born in born in Hamilton, and um, you know, I got some family fa- family right on the Sarnia border, and um, so you know, it is pretty close to Detroit.
0: Are you a big fancy football guy?
1: Uh, no, I haven't played this year.
0: No, I haven't. Okay probably a good thing you're focusing up. Well, Sebastian, thank you so much for uh, joining us, and uh, best of luck the rest of the way.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
0: Back here on the Hockey News on the A podcast, and uh, Justin, I mean, I don't know if we could have started out with a better guest in terms of popularity in the ECHL.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think he's probably the, the, the biggest prospect in the ECHL right now, and there's a lot of people, uh, obviously – Watching him and a lot of interest, uh, especially when you play in Toledo, right down the street from Detroit, that helps. And, uh, you know, he's – I asked him about his statistics, and, and they're deceptive. You know, he's got an 898 save percentage. Uh, but, you know, the defense in front of him has been a little bit spotty this season in Toledo. We're not used to seeing the walleye get off to this type of start. and uh, There's so much talent, I'm kind of confident they're going to turn it around. But when it comes to Kosa um, – you know, he's he's had some highlight real nights, uh, just a lot of acrobatic saves, a lot of, um, you know, just really good performances against some really good offensive players so far. And and as I said, he, um, you know, he sees the puck really well through traffic and he plays with a little fire out there, which I like to see. And, you know, when you consider how many games he has played as a 20 year old, I mean, they've really thrown him into the fire. And I, I think it's impressive what he's been able to do so far.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Now, so as we will do every uh, episode for the Hawk News on the E podcast, we're going to go over a NHL team's prospects that are in the ECHL. And to start out this week, we are going to do the Vegas Golden Knights. And they've invested in the ECHL quite a bit. They've got four guys with the Savannah Ghost Pirates right now. Justin, you obviously cover the league as a whole. You know, for the listeners out there that may not know, is that common, that sort of investment um, at the ECHL level?
2: Well, from the ECHL team's perspective, you always hope that you have a nice handful of legitimate prospects. When it comes to Vegas, this is a little bit of a new uh, strategy for them. The last four years, they were in Fort Wayne. Uh, There was success. Fort Wayne won a championship during the pandemic. Uh, They were backed by Dylan Ferguson, who was a a Vegas prospect. But um, there was not always a lot of Vegas players down in the ECHL. And there's A lot of differing theories as to why that is. Certainly the pandemic played a huge part of that. Uh, Vegas being a still relatively young franchise, not yet having filled out their minor league system, that played uh, a part too. But sometimes it seemed like uh, the Golden Knights and and the Fort Wayne Comets were not always on the same page. So now Vegas is with Savannah. The Ghost Pirates are an expansion team. It's clear that Vegas is fully embracing Uh, the ECHL and and what that model can do to develop some of their guys. And like you said, four NHL contracted guys, uh, more guys on AHL contracts, and uh, they really are, uh, there's a lot of unity, a lot of synergy right now between Vegas and
0: Savannah. Obviously, goaltenders are becoming sort of a staple in terms of NHL prospects developing and the Golden Knights have goaltender Isaiah Seville there. What can you tell us about the uh, young goaltending prospect?
2: Well, has gotten off to a really good start You know, for an expansion team. They were 8-3-3 three, three to start. And Seville has been a big part of that. 3-1-2 uh, and two with a, a nice 9-47 uh, save percentage. So he's looked really good. Very well-positioned goaltender. You can see why Vegas has a lot of interest in him. And they're really starting to get a nice group of goaltending prospects At the AHL level, they've got Yuri Patera, who's a guy that I really like. And so I I could see, you know, a year or two down the road, uh, something like Patera and Seville being a a nice tandem in the AHL level. But in terms of what he's doing in the ECHL, he just looks really good getting his feet wet. Um, You know, he was a, a nice player at Nebraska, Omaha, and just looks like a solid ECHL goalie right now.
0: Another guy is, you know, defenseman Peter Delibatori, someone that's played in quite a bit of of AHL action uh, in his first couple of years of pro hockey. What's he doing in the ECHL and and how is he developing?
2: Well, you know, so far he's looked more like a stay at home defenseman. I mean, he's a guy that has put up some points at the uh, AHL level. I think he had 20 points in 53 games last year. Uh, so, so far, you know, no points, but is doing a lot of nice things in the back end to to defend the net and help goaltenders like Seville. And like I said, Savannah's off to a nice start, and he's one of the guys that's been a, a nice part of
0: that. Absolutely. Now, Connor Cochran, who, who is he uh, in terms of like, how does he kind of rank up against these other guys? Is he someone that, you know, has NHL upside? I,
2: I really like Connor Corcoran. Um, He's a really offensive defenseman. Um, he is a rocketing shot from the blue line. He's a nice passer. If there's a complaint about him, it's that he, he needs to shore up his defensive game. But he's a guy that I, I'm honestly kind of surprised they're still at the ECHL level. So when you ask about NHL upside, I mean, he has all the tools. It's just about completing his game. But I, I could see a future for him, if not with Vegas, then with somebody else.
0: And the other, the other NHL contracted player is Marcus Callion Kelly. What's the load on him, Justin? Well,
2: you know, he's, he's a nice offensive player. Uh, you know, we haven't seen a ton from him yet, but, you know, I, I think he's a guy that's got some upside. And, you know, in a lineup like that with a lot of playmakers, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, scoring production he can get. But, you know, it's still early yet. But uh, obviously he's, they've invested uh, a, a decent amount in him, and, and I would see him kind of being a guy that maybe jumps back and forth as the season progresses.
0: And now the Ghost Pirates also have players there that are by way of two way AHL deals. And one of those players is Patrick Gay, seven goals in 16 uh, games, I believe. what What's the lowdown on him? And kind of, is he someone that you could see earning an NHL deal after this year or in the near future?
2: I mean, he has put up a ton of points. If, if you look back at his junior career, career in the queue, uh, 55 goals and 104 points last season. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So you wonder is he going to be able to transition to the UCHL, and the answer has been yes. Uh, so he's not the biggest guy, uh, five foot nine, I believe, uh, but he has got all sorts of moves out there. I mean, if you watch any highlights of him, he will be doing some you know swivels in the slot. He'll be going down low, but the big thing that you have to watch out for is the shot from the circle during uh, special teams action. And he reminds me of a, another guy who is just. Uh, been a monster at the ECHL level and is, is seeing some AHL time, which is Brandon Hawkins, who is maybe the most accomplished scorer right now in the ECHL. And the thing is you have to account for him uh, wherever he is on the ice, whatever the situation. So when you talk about Patrick Gay, it's kind of the same thing. Even though he's a young guy, people have already figured out, you have to watch him at all times. And if it's a power play, you really have to be diligent in defending against him.
0: The next guy that they have that, you know, is an interesting piece is lyndon mccallum someone that had you know five points in 20 games with the henderson silver knights in the hl last year also put up 32 points in 36 games with the fort wayne comets who i'm sure you know justin you saw a lot of strong start eight points in 10 games with the savannah ghost pirates is this a guy knocking on the door for an AHL recall where's his game at
2: well the thing with lyndon mccallum is you always have to be ready he will shoot kind of from anywhere and i've seen him uh, a lot of plays where he's just carrying the puck across the blue line opposing goalie isn't paying attention, and whap, he'll snap one right by you. So he's got a lot of offensive skills, a lot of speed, a lot of upside, still a young guy. I absolutely see him making it as an AHL player, and I do think he has the tools to, to maybe ascend beyond that, but like some other guys we've talked about, he needs to really round out his game, complete his game, and become really effective defensively as well as offensively.
0: Would you say it's fair to say that Isaiah Seville has the most NHL upside of the guys that we just listed?
2: Uh, I would say so. When you're, when you're talking about NHL, and I mean, Patrick Gay, I, I, obviously, uh, I, I think he's a special player, but you do have to worry about the size, and is that going to hold him back when it comes to getting to the NHL? But, you know, Seville has all those tools. Uh, Vegas, obviously, is, is solidifying their goaltending prospects, and I think he's a big part of that.
0: And one more thing about him, it's interesting because, you know, he had decent numbers in college with the University of Nebraska, Omaha. Last year with Henderson, he put up a 929 save percentage in eight games. Um, I know Henderson wasn't the best team as well. He's dominating the ECHL, 947 save percentage in six games. Is this a temporary assignment for him? Do you have any insight on kind of where his trajectory is in the near future?
2: Well, I I think part of that does kind of uh, speak to the pandemic a little bit. You know, sometimes we did see players... Uh, move to the AHL level because, you know, they just needed bodies. I mean, it was not as bad last season as two seasons ago with the Tasha sure. squads and whatnot. But I did feel like Seville was kind of a guy like, eh, is he really ready to be up at the AHL? So I right. feel like what they've done is recognize he needs a little bit more playing time at the ECHL, round out his game, build some confidence, and then we'll move him up.
0: Let's move on to our look at the ECHL as a whole, a segment that we will call Coast to Coast, Justin's News and Notes. My co-host Justin Cohen of the Fort Wayne Journal Gazette will go over some of the things that he's kind of seen about the league as a whole and and some storylines to follow.
2: Yeah, one of the big things that I'm really looking at this year is coaches. Uh, there are 11 new coaches out of the UCHL's uh, 28 teams this year. So a lot of new coaches that are, you know, taking over teams, having to get their, their feet wet, having to get guys on the same page. And, you know, that's really something to watch. And amongst those, you have three guys who were playing for teams last year and are now head coaches. So they have gone directly from playing to being a head coach at the ECHL level. That's not something that we have typically seen even at this level before. So uh, those three guys are Chad Costello with the Allen Americans. Now, he's one of the league's all-time great scorers. Pete MacArthur with the Adirondack Thunder and Jordan Lavallee Smotherman with the Worcester Railers. Uh, Now, the Railers uh, are off to a great start. They started 14-2-1. So I, I will admit I had some trepidation about guys moving directly from, you know, being a player on the bench to now leading the bench. But clearly in Worcester, it is working so far. Um, the Railers have some nice Islanders prospects. They got Colin Adams, eight goals, 19 points. Blade Jenkins, seven goals and 18 points. And in net, you got Ken Appleby and Henrik Tikkanen, who is on an AHL contract. They have both been really solid. And again, Worcester, 14, two and one. So that's a nice start for all those people we just named. Um Most people would probably agree the central division is typically the ECHL's toughest. That has the Toledo walleye with Sebastian Cosa. It's got the Comets. And um, so right now, Cincinnati, the Cyclones, uh, they have been the class of that division so far. And a little bit of history with the Cyclones. They almost upset Toledo in the playoffs last year. That went to game seven. And their goaltender, Michael Hauser, a guy that we're familiar with, he gets called up to the ahl on the eve of game seven so cincinnati had to go with sean bonner ended up losing to toledo toledo ends up going to the finals but you have to wonder looking back had they not had the call up would that have changed things but what i'm seeing so far is a really motivated team i feel like last year and the way the playoffs kind of uh kind of ended for them that they are really driven by that a ton of talent there Lincoln Griffin is the guy that's really standing out for them. Nine goals in the first 13 games. And I'll mention a couple other things. The Idaho Steelheads, defensively, they have been lights out. Uh, they are allowing only 1.94 goals per game. Jake Kupski is a big part of that. He is 6-1-0 in net with a 9.55 save percentage and three shutouts in just seven games. Remy Parrier, excuse me. Uh, Dallas Stars goalie prospect, also really good. 4-0-1 with a nine oh seven save percentage. So Idaho right now is the, the league's best defensive team. That is something to watch. That is a team that is usually very offensively charged. So they are building from the back end out. And then the Newfoundland Growlers, uh, they're trailing Worcester a little bit in the North Division, but they are scoring a ton of goals. 4.29 per game. They have Zach O'Brien. Uh, Marley's contract he has been off to another hot start with five goals leading the league with 31 points in just 16 games and Oren Santazo's 12 goals and 25 points also look really good for the growlers so there are some news and nuggets for you from around the UCHL
0: and we'll be sure to have that every week along with our team of the week our prospect of the week which was Sebastian Costa obviously big name to to start things out and uh, yeah that's it for for this week and uh, thank you for everyone for joining us and for my co-host Justin of the Fort Wayne journal Gazette, where you can get all his news and notes in, in other forms as well.